Welcome to the Inspiring Educators Podcast, a space where you can let go, learn, laugh, and be inspired. This week's episode topic is why educators need to spend more time supporting each other. Before we get into the topic, we have an awesome team of inspiring educators. Inspiring educators, introduce yourselves. Hi, everybody. It's Lila coming from L.A., I am currently teaching um, at an all-girls middle and high school, loving it. I am the CPM regional coordinator for LAUSD, as well as a master teacher for Math for America. And this week, this year, this week, I am grateful for um, my niece. She just went off to college. And she also went to my alma mater. So that's even more exciting. So she went to UCSB. I'm I'm just happy to see how much she's grown and how much she's overcome to get where she is right now. I mean, when I talk about resilience, this girl embodies it and her dreams just keep getting bigger and bigger. I, I just I just love to see her grow and become such a happy and positive young woman. It just it touches my soul. That's awesome. Go Nisi. Yes. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, Jadrian Grimes here, Coach Jay, coming live from the ATL, Atlanta, Georgia. Spent 13 years in banking, uh, left in March, and now pursuing a brand new career in uh, youth development and education. And this week, I'm grateful for you guys as educators. We've been getting phenomenal feedback uh, from our podcast and we have some absolutely amazing educators that listen to us uh, weekly, and we're so appreciative of all of you guys. Keep listening. We thank you so much and just hopeful that you always can get nuggets to help you throughout your day. So keep doing the great job that you're doing. We need you. We need you. We need you. And keep being great. This is Dr. Christopher J. Childs, the academic rock star. I'm a mathematics consultant. And I love just working with teachers and students around the country doing what I do best. What I'm grateful for this week, I'm grateful I'm able to start putting people in positions to fulfill their dreams, succeed, and win. I'm, I'm really on the ground knocking down doors so other people have an easier route than I had to get to where I'm at. And some opportunities have been coming open for some other people that are connected to me. So I'm grateful those things are happening, not for me, but for them, because they're going to see their dreams fulfilled. So as that leads into our topic today, why educators need to spend more time supporting each other. So as we think about this hot topic, I'll give you a little background on it. Being an educator can be an isolating job. It's often a career where teachers disappear into their rooms and are given few opportunities to enjoy the bonding of collaboration as a daily part of so many other careers. With this job, there's a great deal of scrutiny also. Some days it feels like teachers are spending most of their time dealing with the latest educational acronym rather than improving lessons to better serve their students. But here's the thing, at the end of the day, we have to support one another. So going to my inspiring educators, why is the field of education so isolating? I think it, it partially goes back to what we talked about a few weeks ago, um, however long ago, that there's so much to do and there's so little time. And if 
I have all these things to do. I don't have a lot of time to sit and say, hey, let's sit down and have a 30 minute conversation. I mean, it takes a lot just to make sure you have your lunch to yourself. You know, um, some teachers give up. I, I remember one year I gave up my lunch almost every day. You know, there were times I left at the end of at the end of lunch, I would be in my room and my food would still be sitting there. And I always had a particular class after lunch, and the girl would always come in and say, Miss Nur, did you eat your food? Mm-mm. Everybody get started. Miss Nur gotta eat. Cause she didn't eat during lunch today. I mean, it's it's sometimes just no time. And you know, and we also don't create those moments as well to to connect with each other. Where where do we have the time to just engage in the social aspect of being educators, not talking about teaching or the standardized tests or, you know, making sure we take attendance or whatever else that we have to talk about. When do we just get to talk about who we are as people and humans? Not a lot of time. So well, I think, go ahead, Jay. I think that's, but I think it's, it's just that much more important though. It's like, I, What's coming to my mind is, you know, iron sharpens iron. So if we could kind of think through ways, you know, how can we make that happen? Like that time to where you have an opportunity to to do that. Um, as educators, you know, you can kind of get stuck in your own bubble, in your own world, doing our own things, you know. But we have to figure out ways constructively um to where we can come together and figure out how can we do that because i think it'll only make us better educators right if, if we figure that piece out so i'm playing bad guy on this episode we say we don't have time but let's think about it if there's a baby shower happening we have time to plan a baby shower mm. or if there's something fun happening hey happy hour on friday we have time to plan happy hour on friday so is the fact we really don't have time to collaborate, work together, help each other, or we don't take the time to do it? I'm going to throw that back at you, too. Oh, well, you know what? I feel like the happy hour is a part of us collaborating and coming together and getting to know each other and bonding. I mean, no, it's, it's, it's not touching on the educational piece all the time, but I feel like that's a part of me uh, getting out of the isolation is, is planning to have this, this, the baby shower at school and for us to be happy about this new life or, you know, to have our happy hour on Friday or Thursday or Wednesday or Tuesday or Monday, um, all of the days possibly, you know, I think that's a part of us actually having, creating a bond and, and getting out of isolation mode. No? I think that's a part. Um, but, you know, also goes back to the point, I mean, make time for it. I mean, we, we make time for, for everything else, you know, even if it starts with 15 minutes that will escalate to 30 minutes, mm -hmm. you know, iron sharpens iron that keeps, you know, sticking out to me. Uh, mm -hmm. we got to make time to do that stuff. Cause I think it's critical and us moving forward. So I mean, sometimes, you know what it is, is that, yeah, we make time for the baby shower and the happy hour, but those things, I, I feel like sometimes they just are, they're a part of our release to just say, I'm letting go of everything else. And I needed this time. I needed this 15 minutes to talk about this baby. I needed this hour to sit back and just 
engage in whatever it is we're engaging in because I need to, I just need to go somewhere else. I need to separate myself. So let's take it a step further. Let's take it. So you're saying that's that release time. That's a, in a sense, extra time. So in the school day, when we think about the field being isolating, let's consider from the lens of a teacher, often they're stuck in the classroom, rarely have the opportunity to experience other classrooms. So Lila, how many times I'm leading someone with this, have you had the opportunity to go into another classroom during the school day to just see, let's say, a teacher who's doing something awesome in regards to mathematics? Oh, I mean, it definitely, I mean, it's, I'm in my third school. It depends on what's going on, but I would say maybe about 25% of the time. I mean, we're just talking about my prep period. And if I don't, if I'm not swamped with things I need to do in that 90 minute period, then sometimes I will just stroll over if that teacher has an open door policy. I'll just, you know, go and see what they're doing, what's going on, if I can help. However, every teacher doesn't have an open door policy, as well as um, there are also times where we set up instructional rounds in our actually have to go do this series of rotations. The problem with that sometimes is that we end up not seeing math classrooms. But, you know, I, I, get, I get where you're going. I don't get a chance to see a lot of other math classrooms. Um, and if I do, it's the same one, so I don't get to see the variety. So I want you hit on something. If you say, if the teacher has an open door policy, here's my opinion. If you're a teacher in K-12 education and students are in your room, you have an open door policy. There should be an option. Like if you're if your students can be in there, quote unquote, learning from you, anybody should be able to come in the room and learn from you. I'm I'm curious to know because I was kind of gonna hit on that too. Like why wouldn't a teacher have an open door policy? Like what are some reasons that a teacher wouldn't? I'm gonna put it out there. You you don't want your door open if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Ha. Period. Got it. If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you should, any given moment, say, hey, come into my classroom, I'm doing it. To the best of your ability. I, I agree, exactly. to the best of your ability. To the best of your ability. Because I feel like that, like there's something within me as an educator that wants to be a perfectionist. And unfortunately, there, there's a slight embarrassment that comes with if somebody pops in and you're not on your best day. This isn't your A1 day. You know, I've had, I've had, administrators come in and it was a spectacular day and everybody's collaborating. I've had them come in and everybody just looking at me and nobody's talking to me and half of them aren't working. And it feels embarrassing. It makes you feel as though that's how you're going to be identified as an educator. Like this is what, this is how you see me. You only get a chance to come into my classroom, let's say eight times a year. And one of those times that you come, it, it just, in my opinion, it feels like it sucks. So there's there's a part, there's it's a partial piece, like there's a fear within that that comes along with, you know, just having somebody just pop in on you and you're not feeling like you're, you know, at your best or you're, everything is stellar. I would say this, as someone who's had the opportunity to literally observe hundreds of classrooms, if you're a good observer, you can take into account those different nuances, whether or not, and it goes beyond whether they're a good teacher or a bad teacher based upon a snapshot. But a good observer can understand, hey, kids are off task. Things happen. 
because when I go into classrooms, a lot of people like to preempt me or come to the side and say, it's normally not like this. My thing is, every day is going to be different. And as an observer, I know that. But what I want to do is, especially I want to challenge our administrators that are listeners to this podcast. You need to create time for your teachers to collaborate and see outside of their classroom during the school day. Every administrator, when I work with administrators, I tell them, you have, this is, I ask them first, is this your school? They say, yes, this is my school. My name's on the marquee. Well, if it's your school, act like it and make, take control and make decisions that's going to help your teachers. But isn't that the, I guess that's the teachable moment. Like you want to see the raw version of the class. Like you said, every single day is, is different. You shouldn't have to have a one-off with someone and say, well, they're not normally like this or, or whatever. Well, how are they normally? But the problem is, I think teachers, because so many people come in and observe to be punitive. Got so it. that's why teachers have a defense mechanism when you come to And it's harder for me, especially if it's a math class, to like, who's coming in? Oh, we have a math person coming in. Then they're like, oh, Dr. Childs is coming in, the math person, da 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 da. A different level of anxiety and angst. I've literally almost held teachers' hands when I've been in the room, like, hey, I'm literally just a fly on the wall. Do what you do best, and my goal is to come in here and help you. Got it. So it's a standard that they're naturally they want to uphold. They think they've been evaluated. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, if we you know go back to us as educators supporting each other, I feel like we overall we just need to care about each other and understand that whatever it is, I may have went through, am going through, that somebody else at some point in time is going to feel that. I mean, we have our morning PDs, for instance, we like to do a check-in with numbers, go around the room, oh, I'm a seven, I'm a six, I'm a five, I'm an eight, I'm a 10, I'm a four. You know, when you hear those things, that should be your cue to immediately have, I'm going to use Jay's words, a one-off with that person and, you know, pull them to the side and say, hey, I heard you was a four today. What's going on? Like, how you feeling? Can I do anything? I, I feel like that that nature, because we put so much, again, energy into caring about our kids, we forget about each other. And so just, just naturally, I mean, I was looking around the circle today and one of my colleagues had the leg shaking and was just looking like real, like, like it was bothered. And I happened, I'm like, hey girl, hey, what's wrong? She's like, oh, no, nothing. I just need some coffee. But, I, I mean, we don't talk. I don't know her that well. I ain't got her phone number. <laughs> we don't collaborate. But I, there was something within me that said, I need to check in with this person because they don't look like they're right today. And I feel like just, that, just the human nature of caring about other people and knowing that you've been there or you will be there and they sometimes just need somebody to listen and to tell them it's going to be okay or to let them know that that person is tripping or they crazy. It, it, we need that. I, I think as we think along those lines, one of the things is changing the culture. And we talk about a lot of that a lot on this podcast. Educators often criticize or are native to one another. Mm-hmm. But how do we create an environment where it's positive thoughts? Because mm-hmm. think about as a, a teacher, as an educator, you hear negative stuff all day long. So I challenge people, say something positive for every negative thing you hear throughout the day. Mm. Well, that's, and we're talking about the colleague to colleague, 
or just in general something that's happening in the environment. We need to put more positivity out there. Absolutely. I, I started thinking about, I told myself I was going to do this last year and I never did it, but now that I'm, I'm mentioning it now, I'm going to write it down. Um, I wanted to start putting little notes in, in the teacher's boxes, just have a stack sitting there. And if you know you had a good interaction with somebody one day, you just write a note and say, you know, I appreciate you for this, or I'm, I noticed that this, whatever it is, it's just to have so for somebody to know that somebody's thinking about them. That, you know, along with that culture that we're, we're creating a space that it's okay to, you know, start talking to people that you don't know and build random relationships. And it's okay to not be at your best every single second of the day. Like we're not competing with each other, but we are one team, you know, that's trying to reach a goal collectively, I guess. If you so, so why do you think teachers like to compete? Cause a lot of teachers compete with each other. They don't want to share lesson plans. So why is it that teachers like to compete? I, I think for their own personal and a lot of times personal gain. Like they're trying to move and, and go and wherever they're trying to go um, from a job standpoint. And they want to own everything that they do. And, and some teachers feel that, you know, if I just keep this, this is what I did. This is how I did it. And this is how I am successful as opposed to we. Um, I think we, you know, put ourselves before the team in a lot of instances. And, and you know what the funny thing is that that actually goes against what they're trying to do. Because, you know, when you actually have teachers sharing things, like, for instance, one of the, the one of my colleagues is going to give us a whole presentation on mastery-based grading. And she was sitting there, she's like, oh, Lila actually introduced it to me when I started working. We started working at the same school together. And I was like, I did, girl. Cool, but you leveled up on it. I, I had it at a basic level, and then you took it to another level. So whether I started it or not, or whether it was my idea or not, like, to be able to share with somebody and somebody to add their own spin on it, somebody to like take it to another level and to be able to say, Hey, I got this thing from such and such. I mean, there's more power in that than just saying, this is what I do in my isolated space. But how do we know that works in other environments? How do we know that this is actually going to be able to work across the board in any given situation? If I can actually say, Hey, you know what? This, I'm sharing these things with everyone because I think they're amazing and I think they could benefit everybody. Let's see how that's going to work. Can we roll out something as a, as a school, as a department, as a, as a small cohort so that we can actually see that these things that we're trying are going to be useful for our students. But I think that's the key. What's useful for our students. So many people are worried about, I don't want them to steal my idea. Well, if your idea is good, it's helping students. Is it's a good idea. Like you should want other people to piggyback on it. And my thing is, and this may sound a little arrogant, if it's my idea and I'm that good at it, even if you do use it, which I want you to use it to help your students, it's still going to be great when I do it because it's my idea to begin with. Mm -hmm. It's going to come back to you. People are going to know it's your idea. <laughs> right. We got to get out of that competition mode. Like let's be in competition who students can get further along on the continuum. And that, that means they're both improving, not my students are doing well, your students are not doing well. Because I think this is one of the why teachers quit and burn out in the profession, because it's isolated in one. And then when they try to collaborate, they realize it's competitive. So it's like, why do I even want to be here every day? Yeah, no, I, I, you need to find somebody within your school, within your space that you can lean on that, about anything. Hey, can I get an extra pack of paper? 
Hey, can I tell you about how my day went? Hey, you know, this happened to me. Hey, can you, you know, cover my clap? Whatever it is, like you need somebody, you need a ride or die at school, period. And if you don't have at least one of those people that you're creating these isolated situations, there needs to be at least one person that you could pop in on and be like, sit down, I got to talk to you. But I don't, you know, even, I don't even think it has to be just at your school. I look at education as a linkage. True. You should constantly be pulling someone up and then someone should also be pulling you up and it should be a continual linkage. So whether that's at your school or outside your school, you got to find that. I don't know what word I'm looking for, like that bond of people to surround yourself with the positivity. And that's how we build and we get better. It goes back to Jadron's favorite statement, iron sharpens iron. Teamwork makes the dream work. Like we're in this thing together. Like the school has a name on the front. It's not Jay Grimes School, Lila School, Chris's School. We're there collectively to make it happen. And but if I if I get a school, thing. I want my name on it though. <laughs> Word. Saying, if I get a school, okay. come on. <laughs> so as we think about inspiring other educators that's working together, you know, I like to every episode give like some things teachers can use, some practical advice. So I have ten ways to inspire a fellow educator. The first one. Build an online resource database, not with technology. There's so many databases out there. The second one, start a reading group. And I think that goes along with Lila's point. Even though I joke about the baby showers, what if you all just started reading a common book together? And then have to be an academic book. Number three, collaborate on lesson plans and rubrics. Collaborate. You're teaching the same stuff. <laughs> like, collaborate. Number four, mentor new teachers. And I think they should be mentoring new and old teachers. Everybody Absolutely. needs a mentor. Five, team teach by taking over in the area of your strength. I tell my teachers that I work with administrators, especially elementary. If you have a teacher, because in elementary you teach everything. But if you have a teacher, let's say first grade, who's horrible at reading but great at math, but her next door neighbor is great at reading and not good at math, let them teach to their strengths instead of trying to teach all the subject areas. Mm-hmm. number six create a Facebook page just for your faculty group and the key with that it, it, positivity if it's a negative comment delete it but positive kadoos and different things the teacher's doing create a congeniality contract almost got tongue tied number eight design and conduct a research project together that's more if you got time I'm not going that's a decent tip pick a teacher of the month I know a lot of times we do teacher of the year I think we should do teacher and staff members, even of the week, if you have a large school, like everybody should be recognized for their accomplishments. What I used to do when I was over the department, I used to do a weekly newsletter. Every week I chose a student and a teacher of, of the week and highlighted them and just acknowledge their hard work and what they do. And number 10, observe your colleagues in action. It goes back to what we said earlier. You got to get out your classroom, administrators, listen to this podcast. I'm challenging each of you, reach out to us and tell us you've done this. You've created an opportunity for other teachers to collaborate. We got to inspire each other. That's why this podcast was started. We got to work together. That's the only way we're going to make the dream work. As we think about those things, we root for sports teams. We cheer for our children for outcomes of elections, for personal accomplishments, for weight loss, and for new homes, births, and raises, and silly games. Let's cheer for each other's teachers. 
and educators now and then in whatever form suits us best. Let's show the world, more importantly, each other, just how awesome, just how awesome educators of this country are. Any closing thoughts? Support. Everybody needs support and everybody can give support. So you decide who you're going to be supporting and who you're going to get support from. As much as I pour out, I need to be refilled. So who's going to be the person refilling you and who are you going to be pouring into that needs it? Yeah. Have your colleagues back on a daily support, support, support each other. Um, I echo Lila's sentiment. Um, we're there for one reason and one reason only, and that's to help inspire, motivate these uh, children that we are talking to and speaking to every day on a daily basis. So support, support, support. I echo that sentiment and have your colleagues back every day. I'm taking a step further. This week coming up, whenever you listen to this podcast, you have seven days from the day you listen to it. Publicly support or acknowledge a colleague. Publicly. Yes. Not go to them, hey, you're doing a great job. Publicly, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, some way shot them out publicly and acknowledge their hard work. I challenge everybody to listen. Inspiring educators. Hashtag inspiring educators on all platforms. Tag us. Tag us. Now, as we think about this topic of why educators need to, need to spend more time supporting each other, as we end every episode, we're going to end this episode in the same fashion with an inspirational moment. This week's inspirational moment is by Mrs. Lila. It's all yours. We don't put the misses. Hold on. Nobody did that yet. Oh. <laughs> so, um, we need each other. And I think sometimes it's hard for us to see that because we're so good at at putting on a, a, a strong face or, you know, keeping our stronger, our hard exterior. But the reality is that we're, we're built to be strong as educators. And in that same sense, people are going through things. Your colleagues are struggling. Your colleagues need you. And you need to be able to, whether somebody looks like they need it or not, your your words, your kind words, your encouragement, your acknowledgement can either a stop them from you know hitting that 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 low that low point in the week, or it can just bring them up even higher. It can bring them up so that we're all vibrating on these positive and amazing levels. Take the time to encourage each other. Mm-hmm. Take the time to thank each other for the smallest thing. Girl, thank you for sharing your Rice Krispie treat with me because I didn't have no lunch. You know, it's the small things. And as much as we think it's silly as educators, we don't always get a lot of thanks. And so being able to thank each other and acknowledge each other and recognize each other for even the smallest things that we do is, is, is so important for our growth and our development and our sustainability in this field. So please learn to love each other. That's what we're here for. If we can show, if we can walk around and love each other and our kids can see that, don't you think it'd be easy for them to love each other too? And for us to all be able to work in unison, and I say love in the most appropriate way, but <laughs> I definitely want us to, to learn how to be the role model in that way. How can we show these positive relationships with each other so that our students can learn how to do the same? Spot on.
Man, that was powerful. That was powerful. Thank you all, as always, for tuning in. Any last words from our awesome, inspiring educators? No. I, I, we covered it all today. <laughs> Thank you guys so, so much for listening. Thank you for the support. We really appreciate it. We're going to keep this thing going um, in hopes to inspire more and more educators every week and continue to make an impact. Someone's watching. Keep making an impact, David. Yes. Keep doing what you do. Thank you for tuning in. See you on the next episode. We out. Peace. Cheers. Yeah.